0: There's a classic essay by um, C.S. Lewis called The Weight of Glory. And in it, C.S. Lewis meditates on, among other things, heaven and what it will be like when we get there. Um, Both seeing God face to face, our own experience of that, but also seeing our neighbor and uh, our fellow saints in their immortal glory. What it will be like to see what we were all destined for you know, and what's hidden from us now uh, behind material vanities. Uh, we can't quite see yet the glory that we're destined for. And if we could see it, how much different we would be, how, mu- how much different, uh, differently we would treat our neighbor, treat ourselves, <clears throat> prioritize our time, etc., etc. And he said that um, sometimes when he meditates on heaven, it seems underwhelming. You know, the images that Christ gives like in the parables is when the, they're done serving in the vineyard or serving at table, the servants are invited by the master. Well done, good and faithful servant. Now enter your master's joy. Um, and he says, is that, is that enough? You know, like to just hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you want to seem even more special? Not just like, oh, good job, boy,' But like, you're the best. You know, uh, you're the most special person to ever exist. Instead of, we are simply unprofitable servants. We've only done what was demanded of us. That's our response to God's mercy. But he says, if you really think about it, to have God the Father look you in the eye with his penetrating gaze, knowing everything about you, knowing your whole life, and being the source of all goodness and truth and beauty, and to look at you and say, you did a good job. You know, if you remember any time when you were a kid, and you like hit a home run or made a basket or, you know, played a good solo or something. And you look out and you see if your mom and dad are there, if they saw it. And afterwards, you're like waiting to hear that good job. There's just something in our hearts that longs to be seen and to have some authority speak over us that we are good, that we have done good. Um, he says, this is the great weight of glory is not just to be pitied by God as if, OK, we're sinners we are his creatures. We don't deserve this glory. Um, but out of his mercy and his goodness, because God is so kind, he allows us to have heaven, allows us to enter his joy. But not just to be pitied, but to please God, to actually delight him, is a total, totally different thing. Which is what, you know, every time the apostles get a glimpse of how the Father sees Jesus, the Son, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Like at the transfiguration or at his baptism. But in both of those moments, or any moment, when Jesus is intimately in communion with the Father, there's always this prediction of a passion, prediction of suffering. That this is what it means to please the Father mysteriously, is to have this weight of suffering that goes along with it. That part of what pleases the Father about Christ, his Son, is that he is willing to go to the absolute limits, even of God-forsakenness, even of alienation from God for our sake to win us back. Um, This pleases the Father, that he loves so much, that Christ is an image, if you will, of his love, that he shares in that goodness. Um, That is what we're supposed to be. That in the end, when we get to the pearly gates and we see the Father, and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm pleased with you because you have become what I made you to be. Um, You're not just some shadowy image, but you are the fullness of the glory. And Jesus communicates this to the apostles, like he's predicting his passion. And the apostles don't know what it's going to cost them to follow this Jesus yet. And it's meant to shock us, the way the the Gospel of Mark is uh, framed here. Jesus says, the Son of Man has to suffer, be handed over to sinners, die, be buried, and then on the third day rise again. And they're arguing about who's the greatest, who's the most important. Jesus is the Son of God and he's going to get, be thrown away like trash. He's going to be nailed to a cross. And these apostles, who are just basking in his glory, are like, yeah, but we're really special. And we're, we're meant to see how silly that is. And how often we do that. Because there's, there's two options. There's this desire to be special in us, this desire to be seen as good, can be that glory that can, like, conform us to Christ and make us truly good like him. Or it can be directed at what the Bible calls vanity, which is just empty show. You know, like we, people think that we're great, but we're actually not. You know, there's nothing to us. There's no substance. Um, What the glory is, is what Jesus says, you have to be like this little child. You know, nobody cares about him. In the old old days, it wasn't like helicopter parents. Children were meant to be seen and not heard, you know? And Jesus puts this child in their midst and embraces him and says, whoever accepts this child, a little child like this, accepts me. In other words, humility is how you bear the weight of glory. I remember I had this memory when I was a a little kid. I don't know how old I was. Probably, I mean, old enough to know... uh, well, I don't know, old enough to remember this, but I remember my, I shared a room with my brother, my older brother, and um, my mom would often check in on us before she would go to bed. She would like just peek in and sometimes I'd be awake still and I'd see the light from the door and my mom looking in. And one night my dad did it and he normally didn't do that. And I just remember him looking in and just kind of standing there for a minute and looking at us. And I don't know if he knew I was awake, but I just for some reason felt that he was very pleased with me and with my brother Tyler. Uh, there, there was something, and I could almost sympathize with him and understand, like, oh, yeah, we belong to him. That must be pretty cool, being a dad. I remember thinking that. Like, we're his. And he's just looking at us. Look at those kids sleeping. Yep, I did pretty good, <laughs> you know. And there was something very consoling to me about that, and just knowing that he was pleased with me. I wasn't doing anything. I was pretending to sleep. But that, I think, is what, what Jesus is trying to communicate. is like, you don't have to pretend to be somebody. You don't have to argue about who's the best. And don't we do this all the time? Compare ourselves to other people constantly. Because maybe it's because we don't think that we're actually good. That we don't think that it's enough just to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. So there's a great scene in um, the play and movie, A Man for All Seasons, which I highly recommend. It won Best Picture in the 60s when it came out. It's a movie about St. Thomas More, who was martyred in England during the Reformation when King Henry VIII separated from the Church of Rome. He martyred and beheaded a bunch of people that resisted that, including St. Thomas More. And there's this character, Richard Rich, who is this kind of slimy politician kid who wants to get into politics, and he knows uh, Sir Thomas More is in the court of the king. He's like a lawyer, and he was chancellor at one point. Um, And Richard Rich thinks that he can get ahead by networking and, and you know, he's constantly asking Thomas, you know, what can I do to get a good post, or what can I get to do to get a good job, or get in with the people that, you know, rub elbows with the cardinals and the kings and the important people? And Thomas Moore says, You don't want to get into politics. Trust me, it's not, not for you. You should be a teacher. And Richard Rich says, um, why would I want to be a teacher? Thomas says, You could be a good teacher. He goes, Who would know it? And Thomas just says, I don't know, your pupils, your family, God. It's a pretty good audience. And Richard Rich says, and later, of course, I won't ruin the story, but it doesn't turn out well for Richard Rich. He he doesn't understand what Thomas is trying to communicate to him, that you're being offered two things, either vanity or glory. Which would you rather have? Vanity, which is, I don't know, good for a moment, it's like you have a hundred thousand followers or you're up on stage with adoring fans crying because they love you so much and then you go back to your room and you're just by yourself and there's nothing to show for it. Or you're truly known by precious few people who really know you or God himself and when you're alone in your room you know when he looks on you he's pleased because in the hiddenness of your heart you've conformed yourself to Christ his beloved son in whom he's well pleased. So that's meditation for today, as as Jesus holds this child out to us and says, whoever accepts this child in my name accepts me, and not just me, but the one who sent me. is to become like children, to not try to be duplicitous, not try to put on a fake show, but but to simply look to the Father and try to please him. And we know what pleases him is to conform ourselves to Christ, his Son.